to the Buy Box Bandits podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Buy Box Bandits podcast. Today, we have a fantastic guest, Brandon, aka Grow My Amazon. He just showed us some beautiful bars, over 200 grand in sales in, uh, in July there, which is pretty awesome. On that, mostly OA and wholesale or just wholesale? Uh, mostly wholesale and o- supplemented with OA and some uh, wholesale bundles, which I can talk about later cool. on. All right, yeah, we'll get into all that. And just prior to us uh, getting into it, Buy Box Bandage is now sponsored by SellerAmp. So make sure if you haven't already, uh, go to selleramp.com and get a free trial. Help you source more products, RA, mobile app, web app, or any Chrome extension for wholesale and OA in that regard. So go check that out. Link in the description, selleramp.com. And on that, but yes, yeah, so you kind of want to talk through how you got going with uh, just Amazon in general, eventually getting into some of this uh, more advanced stuff that you're up to today. Sure. So I, uh, in 2005, actually, when I was in college, way back in the day, so much older than you guys, I uh, wanted a way to sell my used textbooks because they were giving you know pennies on the dollar. So I, I actually created my first Amazon account in 2005. So it's actually the same account that I use for my main account now. Oh, that's kind awesome. of funny. So I, yeah, that I get is- daily payouts and I'm, I'm ungated in a lot of different stuff. But I didn't know this until 2016, fast forward, when um, I, I I reconnected with a friend that went to Penn State. And, you know, he's a multi-seven-year, uh, seven-figure Amazon seller. So we reconnected. And uh, I found out about Amazon, FBA, and, you know, you kind of taught me the, the whole process of FBA. And then I, I kind of did it on my own while, you know, working with him. Um, so I was a, a buyer for him, you know, because with OA, you're usually limited on quantities depending on the retailer. Yeah. So in order to scale his business, he has, you know, three or four other sellers. So I buy his product, send it to the prep center, and I get to keep, you know, the cash back in the miles. So it was kind of a a trade-off win-win. Um, yeah, so, so 2016, I, I started with OA, and then I forgot to mention 2018 is when I I, I loved OA, but I, I saw the value in um, wholesale. So I think you had listened to some of um, Dylan Carter's old podcast, Wholesale yeah, Made Easy. So I, I was on that podcast a couple of times, but Dylan and I became friends every you know Monday or Tuesday. I used to watch his live sourcing because he went live every week for like two hours. So I learned the reverse sourcing process from him using tools like the Keepa, obviously, and DS Amazon QuickView. But it, it was a lot of manual work, but it, it really helped set the foundation for you know the tools that I use now. So now I outsource a lot more, or, or try to at least. And um, and then 2019, I left my job. So my wife and I, we were in Washington D.C. area. You know, our rent was really high. I was um, working my full-time job, which was in fitness. I was a business manager at a university in DC and I had another side business. I was doing in-home personal training. So I was, I mean, my day was like, I would train a client before my nine to five, go to my nine to five, train after, and then come home and do Amazon. So it really came to a tipping point where like, we just took a leap of faith and moved to Charlotte. You know, she didn't have a job lined up. And um, we just went all in with Amazon. So she ended up getting a job during the pandemic or right before the pandemic. However, she also worked at a gym and she got let go or just because all, all gyms shut down. So she got, um, I forget the word right now, but 
She got let go. Yeah, she got furloughed and then eventually got laid off. So from there, we both went all in on Amazon. It was kind of scary because we're just like, oh, crap, like this, this is it, you know. But luckily, it was at a really good time because our sales doubled in 2020. And, you know, we did so much FBM in that time frame because Amazon restricted a lot of non um, essential. Uh, yeah, non essential goods. So, I mean, there was days from sunup to sundown, we we're doing 150, 200 orders of FBM. So that, that kind of really helped, you know, propel us or helped our trajectory of scaling our business. So. Long story short, I guess the, the pandemic kind of like shifted um, our personal and business goals. But like now we kind of do other things on top of Amazon, like because she knows she needs to diversify away from Amazon. And, you know, I, I could talk about Turo later. I know you guys have mentioned it yeah, on the you, podcast. You so. Yeah, yeah. So we're fortunate enough. We live right about 10 minutes from the airport so we've been able to scale that business too which is kind of taking away some of my time from amazon it's actually funny you you mentioned that you were on dylan's podcast and as soon as you said that it clicked i definitely remember listening yeah to that's you. what i was gonna say right before i, I yeah because we we've seen that and what's interesting is uh dylan was a personal trainer as well prior to amazon right yeah I remember- yeah it's yep so funny so very similar stories but yeah. No, I don't. I don't hear from him too much. I know he's working with Vendrive and Aura, so he's more. He's a I guess, dude. The- yeah, I definitely recognize your voice. I remember listening. Yeah, to that. that's what I, I knew he would like because I was like, you know, two, two, three years ago, I think that that was uh, that was going on and everything. Yeah, I think 2018 was the last. It was right before I left my job, so that was the last time I recorded with him. Mm-hmm. So even further, yeah, cool. So b- before we get into too much technicalities in terms of how your business operates, give the audience kind of the overview of, of how you and your wife kind of diversify those tasks and what really you do in your day-to-day for managing your, your Amazon side of business. You know, being thrown into this mix, like living together and working together, it's it's very challenging. We've had many ups and downs. You know, it's hard to separate work from your personal life, especially with someone you're you're living or married to. So, I mean, um, you know, as time went on, we both realized what we were good at and what we weren't good at. Like, um, you know, I enjoy sourcing, um, doing the, the calls for wholesale. Um, she's better at the HR component, so she handles, like, we have two employees. Um, one is a remote employee in Charlotte that we kept once we moved to South Carolina. And the other one is in our garage, you know, helping out with the day-to-day prep for the, the few orders that we come in. But um, I guess just realizing that we can't do everything ourselves and taking our, I guess, our weaknesses can be that other person's strength. So I, I hate managing people. I've done it before. I prefer not to. So she doesn't mind doing it. So every week where we do like an all hands on meeting and she, she's the one that runs that, you know, I, I chime in if necessary. So in for me, like I do the, the product sourcing and now, we're, you know, kind of dabbling in private label. So she likes the photography component. So I'll find the product, source it, and then I'll send it to her to do the, you know, the lifestyle images, infographics, and like the, the, the like 15 second uh, uh, video clips. Something that I'm super interested in, because obviously I sympathize with it in my business, is your transition from OA to wholesale, right? And a lot of people kind of talk about building up that OA sector first. And then starting to diversify and taking some of those funds and some some of that business equity and putting it into sort of wholesale endeavors. Can you talk about 
how you started that transition, what sort of strategy you had going into it and how you managed to do it throughout? I, I knew with, with OA, it's, it's harder to scale. Like I saw firsthand from my friend um, that's a seven-figure seller that you need multiple people to scale your OA business. If you're looking to you know, go heavier on you know, really good sale items or uh, replenishables. So you know, 2018, I think it was, when I started following Dylan's um, live Q and A's, I, I realized there was an opportunity to scale this business, you know, rather than ordering, you know, five, 12 items at a time, I could order hundreds, thousands. And then um, at that time I was still doing all prep in house. Now we've outsourced it. We have a prep center in South Carolina, uh, shout out to uh, prep ship sell. I was their first customer in, 2020 they opened during the pandemic so they, they've really scaled now they have two warehouses so I, I send all of our large wholesale orders to them and just do a few OA smaller wholesale items either here or to our remote employee in uh, North Carolina sweet very good I, I didn't know you guys had a you know that scale of operation in terms of like other help and stuff I think that's pretty cool and something a lot of people and myself could probably benefit from um, as well in uh, in that regard. And yeah, what's crazy is uh, you're scaling OA is difficult. It's finding those couple sites like Garrett and I have, have managed to do it. It's just finding those couple sites where you can get big quantities of stuff that naturally, you know, we all struggle with um, definitely on, on a day-to-day um, and things like that. And then in terms of thinking of the future, like you've grown a lot the past couple of years, where do you see it going? Like, do you want it to go further or would you rather put some time to these other ventures all at the private label? Curious about that. No, uh, my, my buddy still says Amazon's the best game in town, especially now with the possibility of a recession. So um, as far as we actually have two accounts. So my main account that I opened in 2005 and we have a second uh, account just for private label, but we also have an exclusive that we've transferred from our main account to our second account. So we, we basically, I, I manage two accounts, but the, the goal ultimately would be the person that we have working in Charlotte because you know, my wife trained her, you know, she can do, she does sourcing for us. We do, we still do a little bit of uh, RA. So she'll go into the outlets and do uh, shoes, apparel. So I don't do any, any RA. Um, but the goal would be to train her up to a point where she can handle the, the wholesale side of things. And then we could focus more on building a brand because throughout the years, as I've learned, like your wholesale OA, RA uh, accounts are only good um, or only valued at basically the value of how much inventory you have. Yeah. I mean, you could sell your account, you know, if you're ungated and do, um, you know, daily payouts for maybe I've seen five, $10,000, but other than that, it's just based upon the valuation of your inventory. So in order to grow something with real substance, um, and I, I have friends that do PL that are looking to, um, get out of PL just because of like the high valuations they can get. So growing something in, in, kind of scaling it and then ultimately selling it and maybe repeating the process. But I mean, I, I love Amazon, like my, my top five Spotify um, podcasts in 2022 was like um, Scott Needham's podcast. Um, I listened to my Amazon guy. I think you guys are on the list and I listened to like, um, this is important from workaholic. So like I'm obsessed with Amazon and I need a little to diversify away from it outside of my, uh, or in my personal life. Yeah. What scale is the private label at right now? Like what were the July numbers on? And it sounds like it's a suite of products you're testing, not just one. 
Yeah, so it's it's one brand, and we have two products, but we ha- we just received our other two products. But uh, year to date, I looked it up yesterday. We are at eighty eight thousand. So uh, mm-hmm. I actually have a, a business partner with that. So we had met at a trade show in twenty eighteen on the wholesale side, and we kind of scaled both of our wholesale businesses together. So you know we sell very similar products, and then I think it was last year we you know each put a lump sum of money into this new account and we were trying to scale that up and then ultimately sell it if possible. But it's just, it's right now it, I'm kind of at a, like a, a tipping point because, you know, managing two accounts, trying to source new product for wholesale PL. So I know we need to train somebody new just to help because it's, you know, as you know, we're all juggling multiple hats and it can be challenging. For your wholesale slash OA business, do you have specific categories that you operate in or you're kind of diversified across a bunch of different categories? When we started out, we were extremely heavy in the pet category. So we, we still sell some in the pet category, but we, I'd say we're more diversified, you know, heavier in grocery, um, sport and outdoors and still in the pet category. Mm-hmm. And then how does it work? And you don't, you, we don't have to go, you know, too deep in, in detail in terms of with the employees, is there like a performance as well? Or is it flat? Cause it's the kind of, obviously Amazon can be a very unstable business, but the nice thing is it's with instability comes potential to grow and everything. I'm curious, you know, if it's heavily commission based or not, you don't have to share that if you don't want to. I'm just curious if you would be able to share. No, that, that was kind of like a, a a learning process for us. So we started out the one in Charlotte was a a flat rate hourly and she's kind of grown in terms of her job requirements and duties. So there's more expected from her, but we also tie in some like year end bonuses and some uh, like if she finds like a new product, for instance, with wholesale, that'll be like X amount of dollars. So just so she doesn't get stagnant with her job and she can be, you know, get excited to look for new product. Um, so it's, you know, we're, we're still trying to figure it out and, you know, um, it's, it's, it's not my, my strong suit, but my, my wife does a really good job at handling that. And we, we set, you know, um, six month, um, like goals for each employee. So every six months we'll go over their goals, what they're hoping to, to get from the job and possible like raise or, um, incentives. So being that obviously you're operating at scale, Obviously, bookkeeping, analytics, that sort of thing comes into play because you, you really have to know your numbers to kind of guide the ship in the direction that you want. What sort of reporting practices, analytic practices do you do on the monthly basis? And in terms of like the specific numbers that you're tracking to and that sort of thing. Yes. So, I mean, I feel like in 2016, when I, when I started, there was none of these tools available. Now it's just, it's kind of overwhelming. So you can kind of get shiny object syndrome, but um, I, I use for my PL, I use inventory lab and I also use it's called connect books. So Scott Needham had talked about it in a podcast, I think two years ago. So that integrates with QuickBooks, which really helps, you know, figure it out your PML. Um, and then it, last year we started working with a, a business, uh, tax professional so they can help forecast like how much money we should pay ourselves each with salary. Um, like what, you know, possible tax, you know, liabilities um, should we look to reduce and just uh, just having more of a game plan because honestly the, the tax prep part is probably one of my biggest bottlenecks and, you know, 
we're finally at a better place because of putting the time and energy into this this new company. So we this was the first year we had to file a tax extension, but we finally got our taxes done and we're on track, you know, for a, a better 2022. So hopefully that answers your question. What what margin do you guys operate at or trend at? Uh, you know, this year we we were we're going after some higher ASP number or products. So our number, our net profit, I mean, I have to look. It's probably. Oh, sorry, my wife just came in. Cool, cool, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, oh, I was thinking, were they going to go double headphones? They're cool. All right, here we go. Yeah, so can you guys talk about sort of your analytic process, your reporting practices, obviously being at the business at the scale it is, right? What sort of processes do you do maybe end of month, beginning of month to kind of set your business and continue working towards the direction you want to? If you want to start. Um, the HR component. Well, so I do a little bit of business like development and kind of forward looking, you know, how we're developing our companies. Are we just speaking about our Amazon company right now? Yeah, yeah, for the most part right now, yeah. Okay, so basically keeping our eye on like every month, like what products are most profitable and what products are um, most um, sustainable. So we recently have kind of done a shift where we are kind of trying to transition out of things that like um, RA, right? So like transitioning out of things that take so much time and effort and we have to keep rebuying into our private label, our own products and some really strong wholesale so that, um, you know, it becomes less work, more profit, if you will. So those are the kind of things that I keep my eye on every month to make sure like, hey, if we're buying something and it's no longer as profitable as it was, like, let's get that off the roster, get rid of it. Um, And also looking forward, like, hey, what's working? How can we replicate it? Can we, you know, you know, he works on bundles, but you know, um, working with products that, hey, this is selling really well, like, should we bundle it? Should we you know, make it a family listing or whatever it's called and um, kind of just capitalize on what we have and make it better. Cool. And also, too, as you know, in this business, you always have to keep your finger on the pulse. So, like, with it being August 2nd, we're starting to prepare for Halloween, Thanksgiving, and uh, all of our Christmas-related items. So we'll be sending all that in the next couple weeks. So, and then December, we'll be looking ahead for the springtime. So just always try and for wholesale, just riding kind of the wave, but also finding more sustainable products that will last us all year round. But the the seasonal ones kind of are an at, well, in my opinion, I would like to have them as like an added bonus. Right. I, we so talk about that a lot. Yeah, that perfectly aligns with what we like to do too. Yeah. Starting because to so I was looking, away from, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, I was looking at um, in the Amazon Seller Central app, I, there's a business report that shows page views and I was just playing around and I saw the prime day spike. Oh, it's crazy. Got, you were the one yeah, that posted that. Yeah. I, so yeah, much. It was three X of what it normally is. And then I looked at month over month. So like quarter four, you get basically two X the number of page views compared to the rest of the year. So obviously your sales are going to almost double in quarter four, which is great. But then, you know, the January hangover comes and you, you know, reality sets in. So that's why I want to, really focus more maybe in 2023 finding more sustainable products 
Because, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if you, you know, even with wholesale, if you find a few good products that make that, say, $1,000 a month and you have 15 products, like, you could survive off of that. Granted, if there's no other variables or, co like, competition. But, I mean, it's it's easy to scale it if you think of it in simplistic terms like that. That's actually really cool. I didn't, I didn't, I'm going to have to go dig into that report because I didn't, I wasn't aware of that specific page, which is pretty yeah, cool. Um, starting to kind of shift gears away from obviously the data analytic talk into your, your strategy for your wholesale business, right? Are you targeting brand specific accounts? Are you targeting supplier distribu distribution accounts? What's your strategy in terms of your outreach? You know, the, the, the wholesale game has changed so much since 2018. Right. And so in 2018, we went to our first trade show. And since that time, we've been to multiple trade shows. But during that time, I think last year we went to one or two. But I, I've seen a, a real shift on how brands are going direct themselves to Amazon or bigger companies like I think Firefly Buys is a big brand management company. I've seen them around the trade show. So I, I've seen a shift in terms of that because we used to buy more from distributors than uh, brand direct, but now we do more brand direct with the, I would say a smaller, um, just smaller brands rather than like the bigger ones that have, you know, 20 plus sellers on. Mm -hmm. Another uh, question we have. So you've been around, uh, you guys have been around doing this longer than Garrett and I have and everything, seeing, you know, different sides of the community and everything. What do you think are some of the biggest traits that separate those who are able to have success and do this for a while and those that fizzle out and never really get it going or aren't able to sustain good numbers. I mean, with, with Amazon, there, there's always going to be hurdles and like every day isn't going to be, I mean, th there's a, a graph online. It's like the life of an entrepreneur and it's just like up and down, like, like tomorrow it could be like, you know, sell the farm. Today's like best day ever. So you just have to just know that tomorrow, if you're having a bad day tomorrow is, you know, gonna be much better and you just have to think positive because you know working from home and just being at home 24 7 you know it, it you get pretty lonely even though it's both of us here but you know so it, it's there is a lot of time where we didn't make a lot of money there's a lot of time where we didn't take any money out there's years was doing this for years before he started paying me like this is years of work before you get to a place where you're like okay we're making money we can take it out and he's a really good example of just rolling the money back in back in back into the business until you've really got money to take out and it took us a long time to get to the place where we started to take money out so self-discipline like being on top of everything every review everything you know he eats sleeps and breathes it like if you want to try and like passive income this is going to be easy <laughs> i'm gonna just you know drop ship and be a millionaire like i wish it was that easy but it's hard and it's a lot of hours so like at the end it looks like what the entrepreneur life looks like. Like, yes, we have lots of vacations because we have lots of air miles. Yes, we have money now, but this is five years in the making. So just, you know, look at the long game, be disciplined, 
um, and just look at it at, at, at the long game. The freedom, the financial freedom, all that stuff will come. But in the beginning, roll that money back in and just stay really focused. Yeah, and the big thing is your not only does your money compound, but your skill compounds. And like all of our our output per hour is so much higher than it was when we initially got started. And all of us now see things newer sellers don't see. Right. And that just comes from time in the game and everything. And there's no way to, you know, obviously we can get to know people like that, which is incredibly helpful um, in that regard as well, which has a nice, uh, you know, kind of transition and everything. I, you, you guys, I think were actually one of the first Amazon Instagram accounts I followed back in the day and everything, but do you want to uh, talk about a little bit how getting to know other sellers and even, you know, trade shows, different stuff like that, just being active in the community, getting to know people has been uh, beneficial. Yeah. You know, I've always been on big on networking. Um, just various Facebook groups, but, you know, being live in person is, you know, what I enjoy the most. So um, I've been to multiple trade shows where, you know, I reach out to, you know, someone or throw something out on Instagram, just trying to meet up with as many people as possible, because really we're not trying to compete against each other. We're competing against Amazon. So, you know, the more like-minded minds we can bring together, I mean, you know, more likely we're all going to succeed. Um, and, when we were living in Charlotte, you know, I was part of a, a really big Charlotte Amazon meetup group. So oh, it was cool. a pretty, de- yeah, it was awesome. What, I, I, what's it, is it still exit for some of our viewers might be in that area. Is there like, is it pu- public or anything? You know, since we moved away, I was uh, one of the people that helped out one of the mm. admins. And since I moved away, I don't think they've met up, but it's Charlotte FBA or Amazon sellers on Facebook. Facebook. Um, so if they type in that. But that was a great way. I met some really big uh, private label sellers that, that are doing multiple seven figures in sales. Some were in the MDS group, the million dollar sellers. Yeah, I've heard so of it. It's that. like a really unique uh, group where you have to pay a lot of money to be a part of and you have to get vetted to be in it. But I mean, you're you're meeting up in person with you know, multiple seven figure sellers. So everyone's able to grow that way. But um, yeah, just in person trade shows. The local meetups. And that, those connections and networks that we've made with people have produced ROI almost immediately. Like we met someone who was telling us about Toro. That's another business that we started that's in the making money already. Um, his two, one of his main business partners we met at a trade show because we put it on Instagram. And now they're working together on international business deals. Um, He actually speaks another language. And so he's able to speak with sellers who are, you know, in China and and really just big things happen from, hey, we're going to this trade show, throw it on Instagram, you know, and and multiple people he still talks to. Um, It's just been really helpful, even in ways you wouldn't think of, you know, like stock tips, just, it's, oh, you know, yeah. it's really about who you surround yourself. And that's a very, you know, serious thing. If you're going to surround yourself with like-minded people who are serious about their business, you know what I mean? If your friends are, you know, kind of hanging out and they're just kind of drinking beers and they're not really motivated, then that's going to rub off on you. But if you're hanging around with million-dollar sellers, like, that's the direction you're going to go. Our, uh, our Buy Box Bennett listeners are getting some motivation this Wednesday. Yeah, we, love it. We, love it. <laughs> we all need it. Oh, I mean, for sure. So but, talk yeah, about and your, I um, tell her too, like, oh, sorry to cut you off. But I, I tell her too, like, if I'm hanging out with 
my normal friends, you know, work nine to fives. There's nothing wrong with that, but like, it's hard because, you know, I'm always thinking about what I'm going to do the next day or just, you know, staying on top of everything. And they're just like playing video games, but. (laughs) Oh, can't quite hear. Can't quite hear. Oh. Now if we can. Yeah, yeah it sounds good now. Successful, if you really want to be a millionaire, if you really want to be those people that are up there in the 1%, you don't have the time to waste. You're not doing regular schmegular stuff. Like, and I'm just being honest. It's hard. And some people have don't like it. And the more successful you get, sometimes people don't love that. So, you know, yes, networking and being around people that are you know, good for you and where you're going, but also don't forget, sometimes you got to be selective with your time, you know, and you know what, I can't hang out with you. I've got stuff going on and, and that's okay. And, you know, there's only, you know, two seats in a Porsche or whatever they say, but 30 seats on a bus, like <laughs> they mean that because as you get higher and you're working more and you're working more and you're getting more successful, just feel like we're like really focused and there's a lot less noise, I guess, sometimes. And that's why so getting we're... into a bit of your your PL initiative, kind of walk us through how that came came to be, where the idea came from. Um, obviously, you don't have to go into specifics, but like generally yeah. speaking, where the idea came from. How did you source the item? Um, did you have any help? Did you have any courses? That sort of thing. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I got uh, starting out. I got most of my ideas from wholesale products. You know the ones I'm talking about with one photo, maybe one bullet point. And it's just, you know, selling a couple hundred units a month and you're just looking at the the keep history and everything looks good. And you're like, wow, you know, I, I could probably do this myself once you understand a little bit of like PPC and listing optimization. So I, I took it up upon ourselves to just to start sourcing products. I use um, sites like I think it was Import Yeti. So you can actually kind of reverse look up where your suppliers are buying their products from in China or you can see like the bill of lading I think it is so I was kind of using that as a, a tool um, and even Alibaba to get started and you know even though you fully understand wholesale and Amazon you know private label as I'm learning is, is its own beast because you know I ordered products in fe- February March and I'm finally getting them now so it's just you're all excited you place the order with wholesale you know you get it next week but with private label it's you know three four months and then you have to have enough capital saved up for for ppc and just if you want to do any tiktok giveaways or it's just you know building your brand's tough there's a greater reward at the end of the day if you can scale it but it is tough yeah and so in terms of a lot of our uh, listeners are doing arbitrage ready raoa books uh you know tons of different stuff like that a lot of them want to get into wholesale. What's the Grow My Amazon blueprint to get your first wholesale account in the next week or the next two weeks, let's say? What's the, the plan of action in the day-to-day? I would say people, I mean, they have, they're very short-sighted. They, they want, I guess, to call their first supplier and get a, a yes, you know, here's the whole catalog. But, I mean, you just have to learn the fundamentals of wholesale. I mean, I would even say starting with, you know, I started with reverse sourcing. So just learning before you dive into like Smart Scout, Helium 10, all, all the big tools, learn the, the fundamentals and then start, you know, just I would say maybe get Venn Drive to keep track of all of your suppliers and just, 
you know, find products that fit your buying criteria and just start calling suppliers one by one. And, you know, and then as you get more yeses, as time goes on, then you can start outsourcing someone to maybe do the initial reach out to the suppliers if they're emailing or calling. So have someone to handle that. And then once they get the account, they could handle or give it to you. So it's just starting small. Like, get a person on the phone know their name you know call cheryl three times cheryl how are you how's your dog doing today i can't tell you how many times getting to know that person who you got on the phone even if they maybe told you no once or twice you know that third time sometimes they say yes you know and knowing that person's name and and i say phone calls are really important because emails, you know, kind of can slip through the radar, but be really personable on those phone calls. Ask them how they are. Ask them, wow, your product is great. I really love it. Start with some compliments, you know, finesse them before you start. And don't give up so easily if they give you like, oh, no, just keep the conversation going. Cool. All right. Yeah, yeah. On, uh, on that note, yeah. So, uh, a big takeaways, obviously, you know, call people, everything like that. That's people are afraid of that, but like, it's so much easier if you're like actually talking to someone for them to see you as miles or Garrett instead of just X, Y, Z, Amazon. Sorry. Right. And to like thinking long-term and not wanting the best deal right away and all that. And, and understanding you might have to give a little bit, take a, you know, maybe overpay or not get your ideal margin, maybe potentially get that in the, in the future. Um, and I think that's a, uh, definitely something i i like in that regard i really like the answer on um you know the difference between people who you know find success with this and who don't as well but where can people follow on socials uh for us on instagram it's uh grow my amazon and do you want to give yours well so i create i created grow my amazon for i don't know why but we just did i think it was 2020 yeah. there's like nothing else to do so um, I do a lot of the posting on the girl, my Amazon Instagram, but he answers all the messages. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, I am most active on TikTok. My TikTok is all things Andrea. Um, and I kind of talk about some of my entrepreneur stuff on there. So I'm on Instagram, all things Andrea and TikTok, all things Andrea. And I talk a little bit more about my Toro business on there. There's some Amazon stuff on there. So go follow yeah definitely and thank you guys for coming on we really appreciate it and thanks to everyone uh listening as well go check out seller amp and we'll see you guys next week for another episode thanks a lot